Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me, I guess I could say, is my new good brother from the pro wrestling media. I guess that's the right title. I don't know. I'm just making it up as we go. But joining me right now from WrestleRant, it's Graham GSM Matthews. How's it going, man? Here we're doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And I do think good brother would be the right way to go about it. I agree with that title. And that's the thing. So obviously with a podcast called In the Click, yeah, I would think anyone who appears on this podcast is a part of the family, part of the click, part of a, yeah, we're all good brothers here. So yeah, mm-hmm. everyone that's on here, I always say is my good brother or good sister. Actually, uh, yeah, that's I need to get exactly, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, though, for, for anyone listening right now who, Maybe, you know, like heard the name or heard the, you know, your, your, your work before, but just to run it down. So, uh, WrestleRant, that is like your main baby, like your, your, your whole brand, I guess you could say, right? Is that your whole show, your whole universe? Pretty much. Yeah. So that's like originally I've been doing a website for the last decade plus since 2010. Um, originally was called Next Era Wrestling. That's what I had it called for literally the first 10 years up until last year. And I just renamed it to WrestleRant um, because WrestleRant was the name of my Twitter for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I've done my radio show, WrestleRant Radio, for close to 10 years now. It's it's on eight years. We're closing it on 10. Uh, that's been WrestleRant Radio for the last eight years. Before that, I was doing a show called WrestleRant on YouTube. That was like my main YouTube thing. So I was doing all these things called WrestleRant. That was like mm-hmm. my main brand. And then I'm like, why isn't my website just WrestleRant? Like, it mm. makes a lot more sense. And it was actually my girlfriend that brought it up to me. Like, why is it called Next Day Wrestling if you have WrestleRant? I'm like, that's a great point. <laughs> okay. So I had to, like, pursue that and then, like, get the uh, the the domain for it. It was a whole process. But I ended up securing it. And I everything WrestleRant is now officially mine. So, um, yeah, that's my main brand, main baby, like you said, Huey. But, um, yeah, that's been, like, my thing for, like, the last 10 years, I would say, in yeah. various forms. And, uh yeah, I just kind of take then kind of apply it to everything I do. That's awesome. So, and just to give a little the clicksters know, I mean, obviously follow you on Twitter at WrestleRant. And then your work is, you know, I, I've seen like, you know, between all the interviews you've been doing lately, you do a ton of them. Amazing job. Shout Thanks, out man. to Jacob Fatu, uh, Bay Area boy. That's, that's my dude. Uh, yeah, no, he, he's out here. We always hang out at the local wrestling shows when I see him awesome. you know, performing. Yeah, dude, it's like, it's awesome. The former MLW champion is out here. <laughs> yeah. But, but but your work, you know, is seen also on Bleach Report, What Culture, and Fansai DDT. Am I right? Am I missing anything correct. else? Damn, yeah, I, I contribute to uh, sports betting them as well. It's basically a wrestling. I mean, it's 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 sports betting, but 
wrestling was included on that as well. So I do all like the betting predictions and stuff like that before the big pay-per-views. But yeah, it's, it's mainly the first three, uh, fan side of daily DDT, as you mentioned, what culture and uh, bleach report as well for the past uh, 10 years. I've been with bleach report since 2000, 2010 That's since a- I was a freshman in high school. So it's been a long time. What? Wait a second. Yeah. How old are you? <laughs> I'm just, 26 I turn, i'm trying to think how old i am but oh my god well yeah, that's awesome crazy. okay yeah. too more power to you for for killing it in the wrestling world at such Thanks, a, a younger age here i am i'm gonna be 38 in two weeks so just no full, full, full disclosure i know dude that's crazy uh, we have a uh quick little side note like, we have a new uh i have a new big boss that started about like six months ago mm-hmm. and we were talking and i introduced myself and he's like how old are you uh, or he's like, how long have you been working here at the radio station? I said, 16 years. He's like, wait, how old are you? I said, 37. Yeah. He's like, wait, I thought you were 27. I was like, all right, I'll take that as a compliment. So <laughs> Yeah, it is a compliment. Yeah. I would have said the same thing. I mean, age obviously doesn't matter. Nothing's exactly. too young or too old, but... Now that is crazy though. I thought we were like, you know, in the, in the same like thing, you know, when I met you a couple months ago at SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, that, that's the thing I, you know, for me, like I'm at the point where I'm like, man, like I'm about to be 38. But then again, I look back, I'm like, I, I really did grow up in like that sweet spot. Of you really did. Yeah. When I was really young, yeah, I grew up in the late eighties with, you mm-hmm. know, the rock and roll WWF era of them and Hulkamania, all that stuff. And then obviously lived through the whole new generation. But then in my middle school, high school years was the attitude era and just, I mean, living through all that was just so much fun. And my college years was the whole ruthless aggression era. So I was so busy with school. I wasn't watching as much. And I keep telling, I keep saying this on the podcast. If I ever have like more time, I want to do like bonus episodes. I want to go back and rewatch the ruthless aggression era, like the big pay-per-views and try to catch up on things I might have missed or Mm -hmm. didn't see as much. But, uh, uh, but, but nonetheless, and then, yeah, and then obviously been a fan obviously through all the more recent years just the last 10 plus years with just all the craziness of cm punk you know rising everything, yeah. everything so I, I i tell myself that it's like okay don't feel so bad <laughs> you know you're you're older now but you like you lived in so many great decades no this is not a bad wrestling. thing at all yeah no not at all <laughs> but no that so uh, um that's the thing I, I wanted to touch on was, as you just mentioned. So, yeah, we met at SummerSlam. God, I can't believe it's been a couple months already in Las Vegas. Yeah. And, and that's partly why I wanted to get you on. I want a lot of clicks to know just how awesome of a dude you are. And something that I really appreciate. Call me old fashioned. So, um, you guys know, you know, I've been covering WrestleManias, you know, off and on for years. And, you know, normally in the past, I would go with Jimbo to these shows. But this year, I went by myself and, I tell you, despite as many press events that I've covered and big events, this time around, I, you know, full disclosure, I felt like the new kid in school. Just there's so many great wrestling personalities and media people out there who are just killing it, doing a lot of great stuff. And I saw a lot of them there, but I still felt like the new kid. <laughs> and so, you know, did my thing at the press junket, jump ahead to the next day, rest, uh, excuse me, SummerSlam. And go to the press box and I sit down and I'm doing my thing and, you know, and just kudos to you. You just reached over, introduce yourself. I was like, that was awesome. That was nice. I appreciate the nice <laughs> gesture. So thank you for doing that. Absolutely, man. No, thank you for being so kind and welcoming. I mean, I told you this before we started recording. I told you at the time, but I just want to preface it out there. I mean, we talked, we talked about the whole process of the press box at these wrestling shows and how it differs to other sporting events yeah. and stuff, but 
you know, if I'm going crazy because it's SummerSlam, we're bound to see some cool moments. Just mm-hmm. going to give you a heads up. If I start screaming right next to you, I just want to let you know what you're sitting next to. And I'm not a crazy person. So, um, yeah, no, I was in the same boat. I didn't I wasn't really there with a group of people. I wasn't uh-huh. going to meet up with any couple of there was a couple of people I said hi to and talked mm-hmm. to beforehand. But no one that was like sitting next to you and was going to be interacting with the whole time. And it's yeah. a long show. So just in case anything cool happens, you want to have that someone next to you to like kind of share that moment with. <laughs> and you were that person for me. So like I said before, we wouldn't have had this conversation had we uh, not met at SummerSlam. So it's awesome. Exactly. So, so thank you, Vince McMahon, for bringing SummerSlam to Las Vegas, for bringing <laughs> yeah, right. us together. That, that's ultimately what we're getting at here. But, exactly. But that's the thing. I mean, I, uh, you know, we both got excited with Brock Lesnar return. And Absolutely. dude, like the video you shot, Got like what five million views within like a couple days? Is that what I was gonna say? Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that because you're literally sitting right next to me. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have a fancy camera. You're not even supposed to take video of this shit, obviously, but I do it anyway. So, <laughs> and if it gets taken down, it gets taken down. Um, so I, I take a video at, at every show that I go to. I always mm-hmm. try to take a couple videos and then put it up on YouTube and whatever. And if it gets taken down, it's all copyright stuff. I don't own any of the footage. I'm just using it with my phone. It gets taken down. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that one I put up along with a bunch of other videos. I don't have a fancy camera i use i just use my iphone Mm -hmm. and i took the video of brock coming out i figured something might happen so i took an ending i took a video of the ending to the roman reigns john cena match kept it rolling you always keep it rolling (laughs) you never know what might happen yeah brock's music hits i lose my shit i'm screaming on the video a bunch of comments about that in the comment of the video of course (laughs) i totally understand and um yeah and it just blew up so i posted it and i knew when i was there because we're sitting in the press box i'm thinking I'm here. I'm not going to be leaving here. I won't be back in my hotel for another couple hours. And mm-hmm. we're also on the West Coast. So yeah. I'm an East Coast guy. So okay. it's the show had ended at nine West Coast time. It ended yeah. at like midnight East Coast. Yeah. So I'm thinking to maximize this. And I never really think this way. I usually post stuff a couple days later. Okay. I got to post thing. I got to post this as soon as possible. All right. So as soon as the event ended, it was like me. Everyone had left a couple of, uh, aside from a couple of other people I already knew uh, mm-hmm. from sports kid. They were doing like a post show or something. So I'm thinking, okay. okay, if they're still here on their laptop doing work, then I can stay here too. Mm-hmm. So I was doing some other stuff, but I uploaded it on my phone in the background, published it, went to bed, wake up. And I have like 800 more subscribers. The video blows up to like 50,000 views, which is a lot. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then like, I'm checking every hour. 100,000. By the end of the, uh, a couple hours later, 500,000 views. And what is going on here? And it got to like a million, like you said, it ended up getting to over 5 million views before it ended up getting taken down by WWE. Oh, it and did I get taken think, down? It did get taken oh, down no. within like maybe, I don't know if it was a week. It was probably closer to like two weeks later. Yeah. But the, the, the one thing I'm thankful for is that they left it up. I mean, the fact that it got taken down wasn't really surprising because yeah. the bigger the video gets, the more you know, attention it's going to get. So it's okay. going to be taken down. I understand that. Um, but they left it up there for two weeks <laughs> because okay. they left it up there for two weeks. I get all the views from, I don't make yeah. a cent off of it because it's not my footage, but mm-hmm. I don't really care about that. I got all the views from it and I got like literally 20,000 subscribers from that one video <laughs> on YouTube. And that stuff doesn't go away just because the video is gone. So I, I benefited. I squeezed every last drop out of that video, 5 million views. So it was incredible, but that was one of the many highlights of that weekend, but it was it, to make a, a short story long. It was an, oh, a that, very fun night. That's awesome because that way, 
you reap the benefits like long term. So people who subscribe and like all your future projects and things you upload and post. Yeah, you got the number exactly. of subscribers. So, so yeah, it, it helped for you. That's yeah. that's great though. That's awesome. I mean, I'm just wondering, like, yeah, why would they take it down? I guess because they want people to go to Peacock and watch it instead of just uh, yeah, watch I mean, on YouTube. You have, yeah, no, because it is all copyrighted stuff. I don't know. I don't know if it's like some person who works and like obviously no one that would like we would deal with, but like yeah. it's someone on like their other team like okay. that looks for this type of stuff on mm-hmm. YouTube. And again, they even say at the beginning of the show is like, they don't want you taking videos. Everyone takes videos anyway. Yeah, Most yeah. people put it on Snapchat and Instagram and what I yeah. just put on the fucking YouTube. I'm old fashioned. I'm just going <laughs> to upload it to YouTube. And if it gets like 100 views or something, they're not going to really go out of their way to take it down. Yeah. But if it blows up, they get more aware of it. Like uh, one of the PR people the next morning, a couple of days later, I was leaving Vegas. Yeah. And <laughs> we're talking about like we were scheduling an interview mm-hmm. and he goes, Hey, congrats, by the way. I saw that Brock video. Like, congrats on getting, like, 3 million views. I'm like, if this guy is seeing it, then that means it blew up, that it was on, like, everyone's recommended page for, like, a week if you were a wrestling fan. So that says a lot. I was thinking, like, I hope he doesn't ask me to take it down. But he didn't care at all, which is funny. But, yeah, no, it was it was a, a hilarious experience, to say the least. Well, I'm just because I'm shocked because I guess – because you know people can watch the footage on Peacock, so I guess maybe people it blew up because they wanted to see more of the overall stadium's reaction to Brock's return. Like I was, you know, I was trying to understand like you know what made that video so special that it blew up because it was just yeah. like seeing the whole crowd erupt. Because that was that's, one thing. I, yeah, that's what it, people do. They, they they type in. I mean, I'm guilty of this. They yeah. type in. Because they they don't have Peacock or they're not even a wrestling fan or they okay, just heard gotcha. Brock Lesnar come back. Gotcha. They just okay. type in Brock Lesnar reaction or Brock Lesnar returns. They just want to see it and they don't want to like go out of their way to watch it. Gotcha. Um, people love, and I'm guilty of this, people love watching crowd reactions. They okay. want to go back and not just on the show, but like watching it from someone that was there to see how people uh, around them react. Okay. And the part that was great for us was that we were in the press box. We're not among the the many fans that were there, yeah. but we did have the window open. Mm-hmm. And like it, we were basically in the crowd without actually being in the crowd. We had mm-hmm. an awesome atmosphere because there were many comments in the video that were like, why can you hear the commentary? And I'm like, I had to respond to a bunch of people saying, well, there were TVs above us that were, <laughs> I can hear Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. So thank it you. was great. No, thank you for saying that. And that's the thing too. I posted on Twitter, uh, Becky Lynch's surprise return. Yes, yes. And a lot of people were like, Wait, why are you hearing the commentary? I'm like, I'm in the press box. The TVs are right above our yeah. heads playing the network. <laughs> it's such the vast minority, so people would never even think that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such an inside thing. or trying to explain yeah. the press box setup. Exactly. But, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. So, uh, no, such a fun weekend. And looking forward to, yeah, hopefully you and I can do another big show soon. You know, I'm already eyeballing. Uh, I Okay, I've done all the big four. I've done a Survivor Series, done WrestleMania, SummerSlam mm-hmm. now. That was my first SummerSlam. Royal Rumble, I don't know, you know, if I can make it work mm-hmm. next year. I mean, definitely Texas for uh, WrestleMania is my next goal. Absolutely. And then yeah. Money in the Bank in Las Vegas again. I'm like, oh, I, I got to maybe do that one, too. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like my goal. So we'll see. I mean, I got to save up and uh, see what happens here. But but listen, Graham, so um, since your first time on the show, I, I totally spaced. I should have told you this before we hit record. But <laughs> I like to do a little icebreaker question. Just three right. of them. Super easy. Um you know, uh, the first one being, who's your all-time favorite wrestler? <sighs> You're never going to believe this. No one ever believes this. My okay. favorite all-time wrestler, the guy that got me into professional wrestling, mm-hmm. William Regal. 
William Regal is my all-time favorite um, because I'm on the younger side as far as like getting into it and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I'm 26, I only got into it when I was 14. Most people get into it when they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I got mm-hmm. into it when I was in eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, um, and I was already a big fan of the USA Network. I would I would I'd watch Monk on there. Psych, they're my favorite two shows of all time. My two favorite shows of all time. <laughs> Monk's on there. There uh, Raw's on there too. Yeah. So I started watching Raw out of that, and my grandfather kind of got me into it too. And and William Regal was at that point in time, the raw general manager. So, like, I fell in love with that. And oh, I love yeah. the fact that he was like this evil authority figure and he was running the show and he was also a wrestler. He just won King of the Ring. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. So, like, he got me into it. I love everything William Regal. And this is at like the tail end of his career. This isn't yeah. like prime Regal in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like a, the, the funny thing is that it wasn't even a match that got me into WWE or wrestling or whatever. It was like the storylines and the mm-hmm. characters. That's yeah. what really enticed me about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, William Regal. And then in addition to him, CM Punk is one of my all time favorites as far as like active performers. He's still mm-hmm. coming back. So you can only imagine how elated I was when he came back recently to wrestling. Um, Punk Regal and uh, Matt Hardy's always been a you know he's been a friend of mine. He's a great guy and uh, you know more of on the personal side as far as yeah. one of my favorites. But those are probably my top three. Uh, specifically Regal is probably my number one. But that's, yeah, that, William Regal. That's great. I mean, uh, I mean, always I still remember him as Stephen Regal in WCW yeah, 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 yeah. and you know that uh, famous match with Goldberg and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. So uh, okay, second question, all time favorite wrestling match just you know any match it just you could throw it on anytime and it just never gets old for you oh man that's a great question um my go-to answer for the long and it probably still is i think my favorite match of all time still is cm punk versus john cena and money in the bank 2011 i mean i always go with the matches that i was a fan for obviously there's a lot more before that that I could say um, I, I went back and I watched every over the course of a number of years, not, you know, in, in a row, I went back and watched every WWE pay-per-view on the network. So I've seen every pay-per-view there has ever existed from WWE oh, getting wow. back to the eighties. And it was a whole, I reviewed every single one. It was a giant project of mine. It was a goal. It took me three years, I think. And I tried to do like one a week or whatever. And I ended up doing it. Um, a lot of great matches, a lot of great shows, a lot of great moments. Um, obviously I'd be remiss if I didn't say Shawn Michaels versus Taker from WrestleMania 25. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was when I first, I think my first WrestleMania as a fan, I didn't even yeah. watch it. Um, I watched it like months later. I'm like, wow, this match is amazing. But I think still punk in, uh, punk and Cena. I've been there for a lot of great yeah. matches in person. Um, I'm trying to like Bailey and Sasha Banks from takeover. Brooklyn is also among my favorite matches of all time. Cause I was there for that one. Mm-hmm. Any of the AJ Styles, John Cena matches, I absolutely love. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely blanking right now. I'm sure there's more. I'm not even thinking. Well, that's of, fine. But- no, I, I, full disclosure. Like yesterday at work, I don't know why I was on my lunch break and I just need like a little pick me up. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, no. On a, on a side note, so um, our digital department they post this story about Limp Bizkit's new album, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. And then my way got in my head, and then I was like. I need to watch the promo for WrestleMania 17, Austin yeah, Rock. Right? So I just threw it on while I was eating my lunch and I was just mm-hmm. rewatching it. I was just getting like so amped up. And that's arguably maybe the greatest, uh, greatest promo for a match, WrestleMania yep. match. So I just watched that and it just got me fired up again. And, um, uh, so, so for me, like WrestleMania 17, uh, Austin Rock, that's like my personal favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like my go to answer as well. But I remember like as a kid, I mean, as a kid, Hogan, Andre, now the match was not that great from a wrestling standpoint, but just the size and what it meant for like pop culture and for the mm-hmm. company and just 
all that stuff. So I remember as a kid, I was love. I, I wasn't like you know being super technical about sure the wrestling, but just the spectacles. Like oh my god! So yeah. that was always great. Uh, okay, last question. Wrestling bucket list. What in pro wrestling something you personally want to do? Now I always give mine as an example, just if that helps narrow it down. Uh, for me personally, I would always love to go to uh, Japan, go to the Tokyo Dome, and see a Wrestle Kingdom in person. That's just my personal bucket list mm-hmm. item. I, um, a buddy of mine once once just be, be put through a table one time. That's <laughs> so it's such an open ended wide sure. question. But is there anything in pro wrestling you want to either see or accomplish? Yeah, you know, I'll leave it kind of open ended for you. Yeah, that's a great question, too. Um, I had a literal bucket list, okay. an actual list of things I wanted to accomplish that I started maybe seven to eight years ago. My top three, my top I, one for the longest time was to go to WrestleMania. Uh, I had grown up never having gone to a WrestleMania before, and I started mm-hmm. watching in 2008. It wasn't yeah. until 2017 I finally got to go to my first Mania. The one that you mentioned earlier, as a fan, WrestleMania 33. Mm. And I was just graduating from college, and I was like, I told my parents, I'm like, listen, everyone gets to go to Cancun for their senior break. Like, you know, the parents will take care of it, whatever. Like, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a big thing. I'm like, I don't care about going to Cancun. I don't care about going anywhere. If you could just help me pay to go to WrestleMania, that's all I want. Like, just help me just buy the plane ticket. That's literally all I want as a graduation gift is I want to go to WrestleMania. And it was in Orlando. It was such a great time. I love Florida. Um, So that was great. But beyond that, I had so many. I wanted to go to like the big four and the only Mm -hmm. major pay-per-view I haven't gone to. I've been to Hell in the Cells and Money in the Banks and Extreme Rolls and stuff like that. Okay. Never been to Survivor Series. That's like the Mm. one show I've never been to. And of course, in three weeks from when we speak right now, it's in, at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. I don't know if I'm going yet. And even if I don't go to this year's, and I'm obviously in Connecticut as a uh, disclosure, yeah. um, if I don't go to this year's, they're in Boston next year. So I'm bound to oh. go to one of them. Um, it's right near me. Um, so that's kind of off the list because that's bound to happen either this year or next year. Beyond that, I don't know. I've always wanted to do like a one day, not fully pursue, but like a one day training seminar to see what it would be like to be a wrestler. I do not want to wrestle. I have never told myself I want to become a professional wrestler. I've always loved the booking aspect of it. Stuff like that. I love playing like the general manager mode in the video games. I still play that to this fucking day. Um, So just to do one day as that would be cool. And um, just take a bump. Exactly. Just to take a bump. And then, you know. Just to get my ass kicked for a day. So why not? Just to say that I've done it, you know, um, that. And then, like, I have a whole, like, interview dream list that I kind of put together a couple mm-hmm. months ago because I always wanted to talk to, like, never thought it would actually happen, mm-hmm. like a William Regal or a CM Punk. And I've mm-hmm. talked to both of them in the span of, like, seven days around WrestleMania time for different reasons. Okay. It just worked out that Punk had a movie to promote. And oh, okay. Regal, like, I asked the company multiple times for months, I want Regal. Yeah. I want Regal. Like, it's such a weird request because he's not doing anything. And he's such, like, a he's a big name, but it's like, you know, he's the GM of NXT. And they mm-hmm. eventually we're like, Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was able to talk to him about takeover. So I want to, I want to interview the rock. I mean, that's so like far yeah. out there. It may never happen, but I want to talk to the rock um, about anything. I don't even care what it is. That would be the ultimate dream. So those are a couple of things that come okay. to my head. I'm sure there's more. Um, yeah. Those are a few quick items though. That's great. No, because uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's like, you know, obviously my goal is to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was able to a few years ago was awesome. he, he was doing a radio tour promoting um, his old, uh, the, the, the game show he was hosting broken skull ranch, like the, the yeah, challenges yeah, yeah. remember On, that uh, the so country had, channel yeah, yeah 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 so he was doing a radio tour promoting that That's awesome yeah um and so i interviewed him there so that was just a lot of fun talking to him and it was the day after uh oh my god the pay-per-view that was at staples center 
um god what was it was it um um, I'm totally spacing. It was it was a show. It was it was not a big four pay per view in L A. But it was mm-hmm. um God Roman Bra- no Roman Braun Strowman. I think. Oh, I'm totally spacing which one it was. But anyway, it was just cool because like you know on those radio tours you only get like maybe ten minutes with yeah, them. Yeah, like nothing. Yeah. It's I mean, t- it's still a lot of time. It's a lot of time, but it's like no time at all, you know? Like for me, it's like I had so more like more in-depth questions I want to get to. But yeah. as you know, someone who interviews a lot of people, in order to get to there, you got to kind of build up yep. to that question. You just want to say, hey, tell me about your last night ever in pro wrestling. What happened? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, no, you got to yeah. work your way to that. But yeah. uh, at one point... I forgot something happened in the pay-per-view and we just wanted his opinion on it. And then he mm-hmm. asked, what do you guys think about it? So I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm just talking wrestling. That's We're so funny. cold. Like he's asking for my opinion. Yeah. Now, pardon me. I just kind of wonder if he just didn't watch the show yet. And so mm-hmm. he was like bouncing it back towards me. But, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, but, uh, for me, I'm like, Oh no, he just wanted to talk wrestling with me. That's all it was. But, mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, yeah, that's awesome to hear. I, I love hearing that stuff because it's always cool. I always get like different answers from people. So it's just, mm-hmm. It just shows how awesome pro wrestling is as far as, you know, all the things we get to do, see, yeah. experience. So I love hearing that. So, <laughs> um, all right. So let's go ahead and jump into, uh, uh, you know, the main topics for this week. And so, um, here we are we're recording on a Saturday. And yeah, this past Wednesday, some huge breaking news in the pro wrestling world that I think everyone was just shocked by was this announcement of Ring of Honor. And long story short, they're, uh, in the new year, they're going to take the first three months off and go on quote, hiatus. And in the meantime, everyone's getting released. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and read the tweet here. So for anyone who doesn't know, but I'm sure most of you probably know it already. Uh, but this is what they tweeted out the other day. So throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully con- contracted and now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning to a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will culminate with final battle in December and we'll be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine ROH. ROH has the most dedicated fans in the industry and we are and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we conceptualize ROH and we anticipate returning to live events in April for the Super Card of Honor with a new fan focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. Wow. So much to unpack right there. And then all the reports of uh, all the outlets we're covering and like more of the news, Dave Meltzer, Alvarez, all these guys were like more news coming out. So there's a lot to unpack here. So Grant, I'll just start with you. Just your initial overall thoughts when you heard the news about Ring of Honor and what they're going to be doing over the next few months. I was shocked. So we'll talk about Dynamite in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. We picked the perfect time to talk because I was actually at the show in Boston on, on Wednesday. So yeah. it was cool. But I, I bring that up because I left in the afternoon. I ended up getting in the area like around five or six. The news broke while I was driving to Boston. So like I sat down. I think I was getting food or something with my friend. And I looked at my DMs on Twitter. And then someone, one of my friends, like we have a, an ongoing DM chat or whatever. And one of them said, oh, what a shame about Ring of Honor. I'm thinking, what happened to Ring of Honor? Mm-hmm. I haven't even looked at my timeline yet. So I go to my timeline. I see the tweet. I'm like, oh, man, that is wild. That is crazy. Yeah. And like some people might be thinking like, you know, I haven't really heard a lot about Ring of Honor lately. So this isn't really overly surprising, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. As someone who has closely followed Ring of Honor for the past, I mean, it's been around for 20 years. I've yeah. only started really getting into it 
like in 2014, 2015. I've been mm-hmm. watching every show since, and I became a big fan. Like some of the most fun I've ever had at a wrestling show was at Ring of Honor. Okay. I've brought in various people. I brought, you know, a friend from college. I've brought in my brother. I've brought in yeah. friends. I've brought a lot of different people. Every single person I've ever brought to a Ring of Honor show, my girlfriend, anyone, her brother, they've all loved it. It's like some of the most fun, even for people that don't like wrestling, will enjoy a Ring of Honor. And they just haven't been the same since the elite left a couple of years ago. Yep. And it's been kind of like a gradual decline ever really since I was at the Supercard show at uh, Madison Square Garden a couple of years ago in New York City. Great time, but lucky man. I don't know. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, I was there. I got tickets like at the last second. Like, dude, it was, I, it was wild. I was stuck on the other side of town at the Hall of Fame ceremony watching oh. Bret, Bret Hart get attacked by that crazy guy with the <laughs> fake dreadlocks. But anyway, yeah, sorry. I remember that. I, heard, I remember reading about that when I was sitting there. I'm like, what the hell does that happen? It was, well, it was a dude, crazy night. Sorry, not to cut you off, but we're sitting there and we're like, you know, it wasn't that filled or, yeah. you know, and we're like, Everyone's at Madison thing, Square. Yeah. yeah, everyone's at Madison Square Garden right now. We're watching some crazy lunatic try to jump one of the greats <laughs> of all time. So, but anyway, sorry. That's another thing. I then that might I'll throw that as a bonus item on my bucket list of going to a Hall of Fame. It's not the most exciting thing in the world, yeah. but just to say that I've gone, I would like to do that at some point. It's great. Um, it, it, it is really do. It is kind of ma- it is magical. Just the history and the honoring of all these great talents and people who sacrificed their bodies for our own entertainment. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, no. So anyway, it's been you know a gradual decline of the last couple of years, unfortunately. And they've been putting out a great product ever since they brought it back about a year ago during the pandemic. No fans for most of these shows. The writing was kind of on the wall, but Sinclair yeah. owns them, and they're like this super well-known broadcasting company, whatever. So I never really thought anything would happen to it. Like Impact yeah. has had a lot of issues over the years, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they've always survived. They've never had to stop doing shows. I mean, it is wild, and they're putting forth a great product now. Yes. But like yeah. a couple of years ago, it was pretty scary, like with people leaving and a lot of stuff. And they have survived every single time. It's crazy. Which, which I'm amazed for impact as far as I mean, I guess they're lucky because Dixie sold them off to Anthem and yes. Anthem owns a TV network or owns exactly, access. TV, yeah. So they're able to just put them on there and fill up, you know, a couple hours every week. So I guess they benefit from that. But I'm with you and of all wrestling promotions <laughs> to go away. When you think of Sinclair, you know, they're one of the biggest, you know, TV companies out there. So, and that's just Ring of Honor is just one asset that they own. You know, it's really surprised that this is all unfolding the way it is. Yeah. You would thought Impact would be the one to kind of go based on what they've been going (laughs) through the last few years, but I feel like they're on the up and now I hopefully, um, maybe they can benefit from this. But, um, so (laughs) there's been a lot of info. So I'm just trying to sum it up real quick as far Mm -hmm. as, Okay, it looks like they're going to have another set of TV tapings in November and in Final Battle in December. All the contracted Ring of Honor people must be there. They're going to film their last set of stuff for all that. Um, And then they're throwing out the term release. More like, okay, if your contract expires at the end of the year, it's not going to be renewed. So more or less, you're released from your contract from after that. They're not going to resign. And then for people who have contracts going on through 2022, they will get paid for that first quarter. And then after I'm guessing in the March, early April, that's when they're going to, their contracts are going to be ending and they're going to be released from that point on. So, um, a lot to unpack there as far as, um, as far as, you know, just the future of these wrestlers and what's next. I mean, obviously, you know, our hearts go out to them because I'm sure they're all kind of like scrambling. Oh my God, what am I going to do with, my career now it's kind of been taken out from under me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ring of Honor has said that 
all these people are more welcome to go out, take bookings, ASAP, yeah. go out there, go make your money elsewhere as fast as you can. Um, it's kind of sucks. So it's kind of like a flooded, uh, uh, of talent out there that's mm-hmm. that's going out there um and then let's see let me try to think what else um uh, that was the main logistics as far as the details oh, the tape library maybe yeah oh yeah and the tape library as well so now it's coming out well originally the original report was like the sinclair era when they bought them what post 2011 2012 yes exactly yeah like the last 10 years that is up for sale and actually it's mm. been up for sale for like the last year yeah but, but then i saw actually on wrestling inc there was like an update the full library is up for sales so I, I i'm not sure which outlet to kind of go with yeah so, yeah but nonetheless there is a, f- a part of if not the whole thing of the tape library for of our up for sale so yeah we're kind of your thoughts about you know the wrestlers, where they could potentially end up, and then yeah, also the whole tape library situation. Yeah, the tape library thing is weird because, like, like you said, I heard that part of it was up for sale. I heard the whole thing was up for sale, and then I heard none of it was up for sale because I yeah. guess if it if it was, then WWE or AEW would have heard about it. And I guess no one in either company has been <clears throat> has been notified they were up for sale, and by this point, okay. they would have. So it might be up for sale. I, I it's it's impossible to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've owned the footage for a long time because they still use it for a lot of their shows. So, I mean, time will tell. We're, we're speaking on Saturday now. The news is still, it's only three days old, but we're yeah. bound to find out more in the days to come. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really seem like anyone has an idea of what's going on aside from uh, like the release of the talent stuff. That stuff's pretty clear cut, as you said. Everything you just said sounds like it's legit as far as like, that's what's going to be happening. And this isn't like a couple of undercard people. The entire roster will be up for grabs come December, if not in the spring. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes me believe, and I hate to be, I don't want to be negative or anything, but this is why I don't think Ring of Honor is going to be able to bounce back from this or come back because if they're releasing their entire roster, maybe some of them, but realistically, why would any of these people, I mean, I know a lot of these people have been there for a long time, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. why would they want to see them? Maybe, maybe if Ring of, maybe if Ring of Honor comes back, maybe they'll be signed again. Like, a lot of these people have so much potential. It's actually quite amazing for as little buzz as Ring of Honor has had in the last couple of years mm-hmm. that they have so many talented people under contract. These aren't like no-namers. Yeah. Like There was a lot of top talent on their show. The mm-hmm. fact they were able to maintain them for as long as they have is actually impressive. I don't see a lot of those people staying or sticking around saying, oh, let's wait to see if it comes back. There's so many different options now between Impact, WWE, and AEW. And a lot of these companies don't need more talent is the thing. That's the scary part. Like yes. I don't think... Like people are thinking, oh, right, AEW is going to sign half their. Why would they sign half their people? There, there's already complaints of them signing too many. They just signed Tony Nese. I like Tony. I like the guy. Don't think Tony Nese needed to get signed. So, you know, it's just it's bizarre to me. It's bizarre. Um, so many tough talents, but we'll see where they go. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Full disclosure, I'm not going to act like I'm this huge Ring of Honor fan because sure, sure, sure. one, I mean, I lived here in the Bay Area, here on the West Coast, my whole life, and Ring of Honor. Always East Coast. <laughs> Always East Coast. So I never got to see a Ring of Honor show, which I'm kind sure. of bummed. But um, I, the one, I guess, loosely kind of Ring of Honor connection was, you know, Cody Rhodes, when he was Ring of Honor champion, he did come out here to Bay Area and he was doing a bunch of, uh, you know, indie dates still before. Oh, okay. um, so if I remember correctly, like, you know, the, when Ring of Honor signed these indie guys, they would have to finish out like their their indie dates before they exclusively were only Ring of Honor or yes, and that was the case with Cody. Yes, it's, so I saw, Co- you post, I saw you a picture of you and Cody, and he had the Ring of Honor title, right? Yes, yes, yeah, so that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, each of those times, you know, all those photos are when he would come to the Bay Area, and 
I, I first interviewed him as Stardust at WrestleMania. That's years so ago. funny. So every time I see him, he's like, hey, baby, you. So like. That's you know, cool that he knows you. That's awesome. Dude, like, okay. <laughs> another he's tangent. a nice he, guy, though. He is super nice. And, you know, I, I, I always will support Cody Rhodes. But, like, uh, when he was let go, or not let go, but released, you know, and left. Was that 2017 and then 2016? 2016, yeah. yeah. And then a few months later, he started doing like his indie dates and stuff. Um, He came out to the Bay Area for All Pro Wrestling. And uh, for anyone listening, All Pro Wrestling is our big one of our big wrestling promotions out here featured on. um, um, Oh my god, I'm totally blanking the documentary in the 90s. Bret Hart, uh, wrestling with shadows. Yeah, yeah, with uh, you know, punch Vince McMahon and stuff. Yes, Um, yes, yes. So All Pro Wrestling was uh, was the one that was featured in that documentary. But anyway. He came and keep in mind, I had not seen Cody for a couple years at that point. And he was Stardust at WrestleMania. And, you know, he did a bunch of interviews that day. Like, why would he remember just a random person like me? I swear to God, I went up to him to go say hi. And he's like, Baby Huey. I was like, What? Like, dude, like, you remember me? <laughs> yeah. so ever since then, I've even more of a fan. It's like, dude, that respect. Like, you remember some random radio guy from and the big game too i guess that partly thing yeah like if if he just knew me as danny people were like what well, who's danny there's a lot of dannys out there but yeah baby he i guess it does stick but yeah um so uh uh so with cody he was doing you know indie dates and i think you know when ring of honor um you know his contract or you know went, had to go exclusive with them um, but he did was finishing out his dates and he was Ring of Honor champion. So he brought the title. He actually did quote defended that night against Willie Mack. So I guess technically <laughs> I got to see a Ring of Honor world championship match. Oh, that's funny. On an APW show. He defended yeah, yeah. that night. He defeated Willie Mack. And so I guess I could say I saw, oh, yeah, Ring of Honor world championship match. But, um, <laughs> no, so anyway, like what, what I'm saying is, um, you know, I always knew about Ring of Honor as this company. I mean, obviously starting what late 2002. I mean, I remember when Eddie Guerrero was there for a minute to kind of get himself yeah. back on track and yeah. all the amazing talent that c- came through there. Obviously, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, the list goes on. I felt like a lot of the big names we know today, they got their start there or at one point worked there. So I know about its legacy and its mm-hmm. impact in the pro wrestling landscape. But like I said, I wasn't like super keeping track of it over the years, just because like I said, if it was like on the other side of the country for me. But mm-hmm. um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, in the last few years, I really started kind of paying attention to it more, obviously, with Cody being there sure. and the rise of the elite and their popularity and their incarnation of the Bullet Club. So I was like, OK, they're starting to get some buzz down. And you know, now that I'm older and with the Internet and everything, like yeah, I'm, able yeah, to yeah. Keep tra- I'm able to keep track of everything much better. Mm-hmm. Um so with that being said, it's it just, uh, um, you know, like I said, I wish I would have seen Ring of Honor in person. But um, what I'm getting at is, is like, uh, you know, I, I during the pandemic, though, within the last year, I started watching them more regularly as far as watching like their big pay-per-views. Yeah. I wasn't watching the weekly shows, but I was watching the big pay-per-views and I was really liking what I was seeing. I mean, these are not like super big names. Sure. But, you know, this kind of current roster post the whole Marty Skrull situation stuff. I was like, let me check these guys out. Cause you know, I'm, I'm at home during this pandemic, not going anywhere. I'm just, let me watch some more wrestling. Sure. And so I was trying to watch more ring of honor. And so this current crop, I was really digging them too. Yeah. You know? And so that's why I feel so bad that, you know, they're all out of work now. And, you know, I mean, that final battle show is probably gonna be really epic as yeah. far as them going all balls to the wall, really performing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think one report was like they're going to kind of almost like a 
a book closure or, you know, like a final chapter. Sure. So I'm kind of wondering how that is going to play out. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, let me ask you this. As far as the tape library, who should get it? I mean, it's easy to say WWE, but, you know, I, I kind of wonder if AEW will go after it because they do have a lot of guys there who were at Ring of Honor more recently. Um, and then that way they can have more content if they want to do their own streaming service or maybe do something with HBO Max. I don't know, like, who do you think should ultimately get that video library if they have the right bid for it? I would say AEW. I mean, WWE, like you said, is the go-to answer. And if you asked me a couple of years ago, I probably would have said WWE is the network has so much great content. It's all yeah. on Peacock now. Yeah. And I just, the organization of the content on Peacock is terrible. Yeah. It's awful. I am not a fan of the, I mean, at least for us here in the U S other people in other countries, even Canada, I have friends over there. They don't have that issue, but with the Peacock, it's, it's, it's not good. The, the jump so far, they've gotten everything up there. The pay-per-views don't have the greatest streaming quality and just, oh man, it's, it's just, it's terrible. They're not even putting up as much content as they used to, as far as like the documentaries and stuff. It's awful. Um, so again, with that being said, I would probably go AEW. Like you said, they have a lot of their guys, like really without ring of honor. I'm not sure AEW would even be around like, cause they help co-produce all in ring of honor owns the all in pay-per-view. So if AEW mm-hmm. buys the rights to it, they have the rights to the all in stuff too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I would, I'd have to say AEW. It's um and and that'll be interesting, you know, for them. It gets more, you know, like I said, more co- content. Everyone's fighting for content right now mm-hmm. for these streaming services. So for them to get that and just be like, hey, you're fan of the elite. All right, check out pre Adam Cole or pre NXT era of Adam Cole here in Ring of Honor, and you and then you know when they're doing like maybe these promo packages to set up these feuds for like yeah, yeah, yeah. they can show like some of this old footage and say look these guys have known each other for a long time pre AEW's existence so I think that'd be kind of cool from just a presentation standpoint mm-hmm. but yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see who gets the bid or the highest bid I mean uh, uh and even how much of it's worth because wasn't didn't Vince McMahon buy WCW's library for like just only a million dollars or something? It, <laughs> it was, was like really, nothing, yeah. Like really cheap in 2001. And yeah. so, uh, be interesting, yeah, what they get. But let me ask you this, cause my, when I hear that the tape library is up for sale, I'm like, well, if Ring of Honor is supposed to come back in April, wh- why are you trying to sell off your assets now? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't you want to wait till the company comes back? And then, you know, like, cause they say, TV is not going to be canceled during the hiatus. They'll, they'll show like old matches. And yeah, that's too. Yeah. So, but my, my, but that's my concern is though. It's like okay, we, we it, in a perfect world, they'll take the three months off. They'll come back in April and just do their thing again, trying to get some momentum going again. But if you're selling off the library, like I, I, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but it's like I wonder if that's a sign that maybe. You know, you want to get what I'm saying? It's like, why yeah. you sell your assets if you're planning on coming back? Wouldn't you want to keep that? So when you do the relaunch, you can be like, hey, you missed us. All right. Check out all this old footage still on the live, yeah. the, our own library or honor club or something. So I just, it doesn't it's not looking good. It doesn't sit well yeah. with me. Just <laughs> that, that part of it. So, um, that's my other thing too is I guess the other thing too for Ring of Honor, for anyone listening, what would you rank Ring of Honor as far as like their legacy as far as, at one point, would you say they were the third largest promotion in North America? I mean, I was trying to like power rank in my head. Yeah. Like WWE's always been number one. Impact or TNA had 
at one point was probably number two for sure. And then, yeah, Ring of Honor. So that's why it's kind of a big deal. They do have a big following and stuff. So, yeah, no, I would uh, agree with that. They were definitely number three for the longest time. And then before AEW stole a lot of their thunder, a lot of it. So it, it makes you just wonder, though, if Sinclair would have maybe just invested some more, more money, give these guys bigger contracts or. Yeah, but I don't, it's weird because they did. I feel like they did a lot of that because I think part of it, too, is at least for me. I, I mean, I don't know. Most people feel this way, but. Like with any show, a big reason why I don't really watch New Japan consistently mm-hmm. is that it doesn't air like, all right, Mondays at eight, like with Raw. I mean, yeah. Raw, for as bad of a show as it is, I know when to watch it. I know where yep. to watch it and I have mm-hmm. easy access to it. Yep. Impact. Not everyone watches Impact, but it's on YouTube. It's on Twitch. It's on this channel, 8 mm-hmm. p.m. every Tuesday or Thursday, whatever. Um, yeah, it's Thursdays now. So yeah. like that's that's what it, for me it is. Like New Japan doesn't really have that. I mean, obviously, it's a different country. It's a little bit different. I'm not subscribed to their uh, service so i'll watch wrestle kingdom but that was the issue with ring of honor like now in the last year or two they've been airing their shows on fight on mondays which was good but before that they didn't have like a regular presence on tv they were on destination america for about six months to a year yeah. and that was when i thought okay they might actually surpass tna here because tna that was around the time they were having issues they got booted from destination america ring of honor just joined destination america yeah. so it's like okay some things are happening here and it just didn't really end up going anywhere. And then, like, there was a point, dude, where, like, in early 2018, they or even 17, actually, they brought in the Hardy Boys. They had yes. Cody Rhodes, yes. Adam Cole, Jay Lethal. Like, it was fire. Like, you look yep. at the roster back in, like, early 2017, it was the Young Bucks, the Briscoes. It was incredible. And they just lost one guy after another. And in the past, when they used to lose people, they lost a lot of people 10 years ago. Like Rollins used to be there and people like that. They would always replenish the pot. It came to a point where they couldn't replenish the pot anymore, and they just weren't creating new stars. They just didn't have the buzz. They just, I don't know. And I enjoy the products, what kills me to say that. But I feel like that's, and and losing the elite was, was huge. And a big part of the problem, too, was that I felt like they put a lot of their eggs in the elite basket. So when the elite left, they didn't really have anyone else to kind of look to. In, in case in point was the elite were still there when they announced the Madison Square Garden show. Yes, exactly. That's joint, why I bought tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So the joint show with New Japan. And that was what? April 2019. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, AEW started what? January 1st or when it got exactly. announced officially was New Year's Day 2019. And so originally the elite were going to be there mm-hmm. and now they're gone because they started AEW. And so, I mean, it, the Master Square Garden show uh, was still amazing, but like the New Japan stars really carried it, if I remember correctly. I wasn't there, but yeah. you know, yeah, so they carried that yeah. show. And then that's when they kind of started going down a little bit. But it makes you just wonder if Sinclair would invest a little bit more in the production, the stars, the talent, like what AEW is accomplishing now, if Ring of Honor could have been that. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's it's a what if. It's always going to be a what if now. For sure. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, with that being said, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they come back. I mean, like in a perfect world, they'll come back in April, and they're going to keep you know keep doing their thing. But it's it's going to be interesting to see what uh, I think was a Meltzer reported that it's going to be more like an independent wrestling promotion style as far as no contracts. They'll just bring people in and just work these shows, kind of like PWG yeah. does it, GCW. So I'm like. That's crazy. I, I just mean, don't think that's going to work. I mean, I don't think that's what it, you can't really revolve like storylines and a TV show around that. And how many big stars are they actually going to have? That's the thing. 
Yeah, it's um, like who, who knows who's going to be around because uh, yeah, who are you going to put your titles on? Because you look at like MSK, exactly. MSK yeah. was the PWG tag t- tag team champions when they got signed with NXT, and so they just had to forfeit the titles. They never actually lost them. So, you know, when it comes to putting titles on people, you know, hopefully these people can show up on the shows regularly or. Or they can go sign elsewhere, and you're kind of SOL at that point. So yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. I, you know, I want them to come in a perfect world. I want them to come back, just giving people a place to work. That's my main thing. But do you think this might be a sign that the wrestling bubble might be popping a little bit? As far as everyone's been praising the last couple of years, there's been a lot of places to go work, mm-hmm. but you know, there's only so many spots open. I wonder. I hope this doesn't mean like. We hit the peak already, and now we're coming back down to more reality as far as not all these promotions can survive. I don't know. I mean, with the pandemic. No, I agree, yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah, it's, it's a weird situation. I, I totally agree with what you mean. I mean, it is a great time to be a fan right now, and there, thankfully there's a lot of places to go. It's not like WCW yeah. when they closed. I mean, Ring of Honor and WCW, but like it's not like when Ring of Honor closed that mm-hmm. WWE, it was WWE or bust. Like They either brought you in or you didn't and you were kind of screwed at that point and then yeah. tna kind of started soon after mm-hmm. at least there's places to go the problem is that all these places really feel like they've kind of hit their limit like they're not looking for a lot of new talent there's a lot of talent coming from ring of honor mm-hmm. it's weird man i don't know we'll see i really if i had to take a guess if you're asking me i don't think they're coming back i don't i, I just don't see it happening i just feel like it's too far or too much time is going to go by they're going to lose a lot of people it's not going to be the same. And Ring yeah. of Honor was already kind of on its last legs anyway. Yeah. So I don't see it coming back. But yeah, I don't know. It's I, weird. I don't know if the bubble's popping, but it's it's weird. It's, I can understand where you're coming from, though. I hope, though, like you said, Impact Benefits can sign some people and For just sure. beef up their yeah. roster. Like I said, I'm with you. AEW's got a ton of talent. There's a lot of people who are not on TV because their <laughs> yeah. roster's so stacked. WWE, obviously. Um uh, you know, New Japan, you know, America, uh, you know, they, they have like the, the strong show and that roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they can benefit in this, you know, indie promotions and GCW, MLW, NWA. Hopefully these, all these people can, you know, use them. And that's why I can't stress enough. Like, you know, if there's an independent wrestling show in your area with these stars, go out there and support them Buy your, buy their merch or watch it on IWTV, whatever you could do to support the independent promotions. Cause these people are trying to work in, uh, I mean, I'm already excited because West Coast Pro Wrestling out here in the Bay Area, they announced already Alex Shelley and Bandito coming in December now. Wow. So I'm like, like, oh, my God, I get to see two of these guys in person yeah, now. This is great. Awesome. So I, I'm excited for for that aspect of it. So anyway, yeah, I mean, I know we can go on and on and talk Ring of Honor. There's so, Like I said, there's so much to break down with the news, with all that Ring of Honor. Just it. It's, it's shocking, really. And just a lot of people online were just really upset. And I think, yeah, they're all just fans. And they just, you know, they, they we love our wrestling. We don't want to see anyone go away. We want to see everyone. Exactly. Yeah, see together. So, yep. I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, let's move on over to this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Finally, back on Wednesday night, not a Thank Saturday, God, finally, Saturday, yeah. Saturday night edition. Um, this didn't say affected you, but actually for me, it was live at 5 p.m. here I on heard the West that. Coast. Yeah, they started doing that now. Yep. For the rest awesome. of the year because of the hockey now, Wednesday nights yep. at 7 Eastern time, or, or or I guess 10 p.m. Sorry, excuse me, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. my time. Uh, so AEW's live. What I had to do before was uh, uh, either I'll use the TNT app and put on my Roku 
and I can get the East Coast feed up there. So that's how yep. I can watch it. Or on my Xfinity as well, I would put it on my phone and use my Google Chrome uh, Chromecast to uh, watch it. So there you um, go. But now I can just, <laughs> just log on to my regular cable and just watch it just fine. So yeah, that's um, awesome. It's going to be like that for the rest of the year before they make the jump to TBS. But, uh, uh, yeah, I just want to get your quick overall thoughts on this week's episode of Dynamite. Then we'll go through some of the major highlights from it. I thought it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Um, I was actually at the second ever Dynamite in that same venue in Boston oh, two yeah. years ago. So it was great to be back for it. Um, we kind of talked about it a little bit before we got started here. But good wrestling. Not a ton of, like, major takeaways. But we'll talk about, you know, punk and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. It was a good two hours. I mean, I've I've been to a lot of wrestling shows and it reminded me of WWE in the sense that they tape a lot of content in four hour time. It was a long night. Like I got there at seven o'clock and they were taping stuff until after 11. So like they taped Rampage after Dynamite. So this week's Rampage was taped after Dynamite. They've been doing that a lot lately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before this week, like when they were on Saturday with Dynamite, it was a weird schedule, obviously. So they did Rampage live. And then Dynamite Live in two different places on two different nights. Mm-hmm. For the most part, though, other than that, they've taped Rampage right after Dynamite in the same building. Okay. And it's just tiring. So it's not like, oh, it's 10.02, like Eastern time. Dynamite just ended. Let's get right into Rampage. Dude, there was like a 20-minute period after Dynamite ended where there was just like nothing. Like they were cleaning up the ring. I mean, oh. I, listen, I understand. I'm not a stage crew guy, but. I've been to a lot of WWE shows where like one show ends and they have to mm-hmm. tape another one yeah. right into it. Like yeah. they're going right into it. AEW yeah. took like 20 minutes. I'm like, what is going on here? So thankfully the crowd was still into Brian and, and Kingston and stuff. Great match. But by the time the main event rolled around, it was like 11 Eastern Baker yeah. and Abaddon didn't even start yet. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I mean, I'm exhausted. So, Oh my God. It was, it was a late night. It was a great so, time. Though. Great time. So, overall. so did they film uh, uh, elevation before yep. they went live with dynamite? Yeah. So how long is elevation? Was that like an hour or? Um, or so I got there a little after seven Eastern time and I'm thinking, okay, I probably missed the first few matches, but okay. I got there like seven 15 and just as I started to go sit down they were just beginning to tape. So it started like seven wow. 15, about four. It was about not even 45 minutes. Cause yeah. they stop a couple of minutes before they go live. So about 40 minutes worth of elevation matches. Wow. They're all mostly quick squashes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So wow. They feel like, Three shows over a span of like four plus hours. Yeah, out there. man, that's crazy. But, a lot but yeah, of matches, yeah, but but yeah, I you know if anyone has gone to a WWE show, you've seen them. They'll film main event before yep. Raw starts, yep. and um, back in the day, you know, they film two hundred five live before or, or even afterwards after, Smackdown, after, after yeah. Smackdown. That's right. So I mean, you know, if anyone's been to a live big show like that, you you've seen that they'll film multiple stuff in one setting. So yeah. man, that's crazy. I I I really want to go to an AEW show. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully they come out here soon. I mean, you know, with Vegas is double or nothing. Maybe that's they're on the West Coast. Maybe they can capitalize on that and like do some stuff out here on the West Coast. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. But uh, yeah, so the, the the first match was CM Punk taking on Bobby Fish. Um, it was CM Punk's debut on Dynamite Wrestling, which was like yep. really. I guess yeah, all his matches so far been on Rampage or on Pay Per View, but. Yeah. Uh, um, this is following up from last Saturday where, uh, CM Punk made the save, uh, and beat up Bobby or, you know, Bobby Fish was beating up. Oh my God. Um, uh, the guy was oh, in August NXT. Gre- uh, Anthony Green. Yeah. yeah. Anthony Green. Yeah. August Green. But, uh, uh, made the save. So yeah, uh, CM Punk, Bobby Fish had their match here. And I don't know about you. I really enjoyed the match as far as the storytelling. Yep. As far as Bobby Fish was working CM Punk's knee and just take working on that. 
And even at one point when CM Punk was on the top rope, went for the elbow, he had to jump off one foot and you know, mm. really selling that part of it. And then even, you know, when he hit the, the, the go to sleep on Bobby Fish, he used his left knee and then he didn't go for the pin right away. He was selling his knee he was like in pain, like, you know, was, ow, I used my knee that he was beating up on. Yeah. Crawled over. It was a delay reaction. And then he made the pin. And even Bobby Fish, he had enough time to, I guess, heal up. And, you yeah. know, he, I don't know if it was a bodge, but in my head, I played it off as, well, CM Punk took so long to make the pin. He had enough time to recover. And yeah. even when the ref hit three, he, you know, was trying to kick out still. Mm. But, uh, I, I really enjoyed this match. And it was also very fitting with the Ring of Honor news. You had two guys, two OG Ring of Honor guys wrestling this first match on Dynamite. But, but for you, yeah, what'd you think of, uh, this opening match here? I enjoyed it. I liked it. Uh, pretty much everything that you just said. I thought they told a good, I thought they told a good story. Action was entertaining, worked well together. Um, Fish is so far delivered in the short time with AEW. Mm-hmm. I think they found a great role for him. It's kind of like a stepping stone for bigger guys. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't ever going to go in there and beat CM Punk or Brian yeah. Danielson, but he can go in there, have a quality match. The guy's like 40 something, 44, 45, but yeah. he can still go in there and have a good match. He's a great asset to AEW, which I enjoy. Um, the finish was weird. Like you said, I thought he had kicked out before three. That's what it looked like to me. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys got a better view on TV than I did in the arena, but it was weird. But um, yeah, I don't, the finish came off a little odd and I, I thought they botched it. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but it was what it was. The overall match was good, though. Punk has been having quality matches since he came back to wrestling. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of teased his next opponent on Rampage, that being with Eddie Kingston, probably at full gear yeah. um, uh, next month or in a couple of weeks or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. And I think well, we'll get into it now. But I think the way they've used CM Punk so far to me has been has been good. Like he hasn't had direction mm-hmm. um, as far as like no feuds and he's been here for two months now. So it's kind of a little weird. Mm-hmm. The Kingston thing to me has got to be more than a one-off match. Everything he's done so far, all five matches have all been one-off matches. Yeah. He's got to have a full fledged feud. And I think he's going to have that feud that he Kingston going into full gear. Okay. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up as far as, okay, he's been here a couple months now. I've seen on Twitter and some other shows talk about it. They're just getting frustrated with CM Punk thinking his run thus far has been just very underwhelming. And I get that. There's not been a lot of meat there as far as these big feuds. They're like more one-offs. I think it's part of a bigger story. It's like, Mm -hmm. listen, I think we're so used or conditioned when like WWE, a guy, a veteran comes back and they get pushed right away. Like like Goldberg, for example. I'm just throwing it out there. As an example, someone who comes back who's a legend and they're in the main event scene already. I think a lot of people are conditioned to that. I think Sam Punk, it looks like the story they're trying to tell is he's been gone for seven plus years. He's got to get used to wrestling again. And he's starting more like on the yeah. lower tier opening matches, maybe more the mid card, the younger guys and just getting his legs back together. Mm-hmm. I think it's that simple. And I think it's going to lead to a bigger story into bigger feuds and, Case in point, Eddie Kingston here. Uh, 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 as far as you know, jumping ahead to Rampage, we saw you know Eddie Kingston lost to Brian Danielson, and uh, CM Punk's doing an interview with Tony Schiavone, and you know, Eddie Kingston's pissed off, interrupts it, and uh, more or less, you know, they have a little back and forth. It looks like okay, these two are gonna start a program together. So I'm actually excited for that, and so I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, what do you think long term? What is how how should they handle CM Punk moving forward? I guess 
I, I'm all for these opening matches and just kind of him getting re-familiar with the wrestling again, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I like it. I mean, he's been gone for so long and I'm such a big fan of CM Punk, so I'm biased. But to me, just to see him out there, just to see him enjoying himself, having good matches, still cutting good promos, the crowd's going crazy for him. To me, that's enough. I think that's enough for him to just be, I mean, he can't be doing this for forever. He's not going to be yeah. coasting for the next six months. Yeah. Um, I think it's part of a bigger story. I don't think they would bring in Punk without a plan. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think WWE might do that, but I think AEW is a bigger plan in place, as you mentioned, um, whether it be building wins for a future title shot or for a future feud with Kingston, maybe from their transition into a punk uh, Moxley feud because he's buddies with Kingston or an MJF mm-hmm. feud once he's free. Mm-hmm. I think they know what they're doing. We could get Omega and Punk as early as Revolution in January or February, whenever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, very possible. So I liked what they've done with him so far personally. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Are you fine with him as a baby face? A lot of people are calling. He needs to be a heel again. Let him go crazy on the microphone, call out people. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, we've seen that before. The yeah. WWE, the pipe bomb and stuff. Like, I don't know. I I kind of want to hear him as a baby face. Yeah, you know? I, it's cool. I'm I'm fine with him as a face for now because what he's doing and what he's saying. Like, oh, I love being back. We didn't get this wholesome CM Punk in WWE because by the end there, he hated his like spot and everything. Like, yeah. we got bitter Punk even when he was a baby face. Like, yeah. he was just fed up with the business. He was a little bit bitter. We never really got this punk where he's like happy to be there, punk. We never got that in WWE, I don't think. Yeah. So just that, you know, fired up, happy, smiling CM Punk. I love is he gonna do that for the next five, ten years? No, I don't think so. But I think for right now it works. And uh for people saying, Oh, he's gotta turn heel, give it time. He's yeah. not gonna be here for two months. Like he's gonna be here for a long time. Yeah. Let it play out. He will be heel at some point, and when that time comes. It's going to be awesome. So let's enjoy Babyface CM Punk while we get it, because he's one of the rare people that can do both. And I'm loving what he's doing so far. Again, call me biased, but I'm, I'm digging it. <laughs> right on. Um, also, we saw Sammy Guevara defend the TNT Championship against Ethan Page. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this match as well. Just the high energy and with the conditions or, or stipulations, I should say, if, uh, if, if Sammy Guevara loses, obviously loses the title. But also loses, you know, his place in the inner circle. If he wins, then um, he gets to choose who the other uh, 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 opponents were before um, Ethan Page, American top team, yeah. American top team, yeah, uh, Lambert and all that stuff. And so Sammy Guevara picks up the victory. Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky are going to <laughs> attack Sammy Guevara. Inner circle comes running out. Uh, it was great seeing Jericho back from the Jericho cruise with his nice tan and everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so uh, they make the save, and then Jericho grabs the mic and calls out Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And so I guess next week they'll pick out who their three uh, teammates are going to, or uh, yeah, teammates are going to be to challenge them for that ten man tag at uh, at full gear. Mm-hmm. Any ideas who you think it might be? I-, I think Lambert has to be one of them. Get the old guy uh, in the I- ring. <laughs> If they're picking the opponents, you know, I didn't really think about that, but that would make sense. I wasn't thinking that, but I mean, Masvidal, yeah. um, who was the other guy? The guy that uh, wrestled, um, oh God, he, he wrestled a week or two ago. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, the one that wrestled against the inner circle and he won. Yeah, the yeah, bald yeah. guy. I forgot his name. I mean, I know I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big guy, MMA yeah, guy. Yeah, me neither. Know, okay, good. All right, yeah, good. All right. We know who we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, guy. Him, Masvidal, probably Lambert with Men of the Year. Um, yeah. That would make sense. The feud's been fine. I think it's been okay. It hasn't been my favorite thing. It just kind of feels like it's there. I love the Lambert yeah. promos. I think he does great work. 
Um, I enjoyed, you know, Sammy and Ethan Page as a match. The stipulations kind of made a little obvious that Ethan was going to lose. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed the match. I think Sammy is a star. I feel mm-hmm. like they should be putting more focus on the TNT title. I'd rather see that than the faction wars again. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. I, you know, the, the feud's been okay. It's not my favorite thing or my least favorite thing, but it's been fine progression so far. Yeah. And that's it. And just on a side note, like I, I love Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Like it's just, I was, I was a little frustrated when Ethan Page came to AEW. I was like, great. He just came away, you know, with Josh Alexander and Impact with the North. Give him a singles run. He could be a great heel man for that mid card yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. And he just joins another tag team with Scorpio Sky. And oh, dude, I, I can't. I, I won't even go into it in okay. great detail, but it bothers me to no end. Yeah, and, both and of them, Sky too. And it's like, why do they need Lambert to be their mouthpiece when Ethan Page is so yeah. good on the mic by himself? Like, I, I don't he's like the Rock is his like biggest influence. Like, he knows how to talk on the mic. So it's like, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole another issue. But anyway, it's it's fine. I guess that way you get the inner circle on the pay-per-view get Jericho star power. And that way he doesn't have to work like a full match by himself. He gets, you know, the luxury of four other guys helping him out and stuff. I mean, yeah. that's the only thing I could think of is why they're doing another inner circle versus another team faction versus faction, as you mentioned. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, Sammy Guevara, I'm with you. Total star. Um, you know, very happy from days to TNT champion, but uh, you know we saw Miro cut that promo later in the night. I wonder if Miro's going to go after the title again. Like he probably will. If I had to take a guess, he probably will. Yeah, he's probably sitting out right now through Full Gear. Let Full Gear happen, and maybe mm-hmm. later in November we'll start seeing him on TV again doing his thing. But uh, also we saw Serena Deeb and uh, Sheeta go at it um, for the women's TBS championship. The uh, another one of the opening rounds here. I, dude, I've been critical of Sheeta in the past, you know, as an in-ring performer, but, you know, this is one of her better matches, but I got to give major props to Serena Deep. She is yep. an amazing in-ring performer. The fact that she looks good and makes her opponent looks good, you know, it very much reminds me of like Bret Hart and what made Bret Hart so special as far as he can, you know, he's amazing, but, you know, makes you know his dance partner amazing as well. Um, and the fact he was wearing pink, uh, black and pink and white, you know, it was like, oh, you know, <laughs> there, there, Bret Hart yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. But no, I, I love this match. How about you? What do you think of it? Totally agree. This was the best match of the night for Dynamite. And uh, they're killing it. I was a little disappointed being in the arena and then seeing some people leave when the match started, like right before they rang the bell. Mm. I'm like, I don't know. I just don't understand that. Like, I know. I guess it was, it wasn't even like a bad, like if it was Penelope Ford versus like Abaddon or something, I get it. Cause I don't, you know, I don't really care, but like with a match like this, I know it's going to be a banger. Their first match was great. It makes sense. It's a tournament match. So for all the people that complain about like, Oh, AEW should be doing more with their women, which they should be. then why are you leaving during a sheeted serenity match? Mm -hmm. That bothered me a lot. When I saw that people thankfully were back in time to see the second half of the match. It was killer. They did a great job. One of the better women's, if not the best women's match I've seen from this company in a while, if not ever. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and rewatch it. Um, but it was very good. Enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Finish was well done. Uh, keeping the feud alive. Sheeta going full-blown heel afterward, which was great. It, moreover than anything, I think it's awesome to only have a secondary feud in that women's division yes. that isn't over a title yes. and anything. I think it's you know two prominent performers. We haven't seen Sheeta on TV at all since Double or Nothing, so it's about time they dusted her off and brought her back on TV. <laughs> and then Sheeta is finally back from her injury and doing great work, so I'm, I'm a big fan of all this. And that's the thing. I'm still shocked that she has – well, she got her 50th win now. 
But like 50 wins, I guess was she claiming a bunch of wins or a st- uh, uh, building a bunch of wins over on dark and elevation? Like, Yeah, it was elevation. Okay. <laughs> it was. I was like, whoa, like, oh my God, her and Jungle Boy are now like the two top yeah. uh, king and queen of, of win totals in AEW. But uh, yeah, Serena D, I just love how ruthless she was in this match and just... Yep non-stop aggressive attacking Sheeta, even doing the uh you know a uh, figure four uh outside on the ring post she used the stairs though but very much like Bret yeah. Hart and I was like yep. oh dude great call back there I mean she is so good like just her it was technique. very well done yeah I mean I just got and then after the match she just beat the crap out of her some more just gained some great heat and like mm. you said it's nice to have another feud outside of like Britt Baker or yeah, the world that yeah. the title scene so that's what they need to really build up that women's division so um any early predictions who you think might win the tbs title for the women i've got ruby soho i think ruby Soho is gonna win the whole thing she just lost to Britt baker i think she kind of needs something uh jade and thunder rosa i like them both yeah um but i think they're gonna kind of cancel each other out and have their own match i think thunder rosa has got to be the woman to beat um Jane. Gotta be Britt Baker oh, for, Britt the, for okay. the title. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got I would do that. Jade could win the whole thing. I would be fine with that too. I think she's a solid second choice. I think it's gonna be Soho and Jade in the finals, and Ruby's gonna win. Because I feel like we already have a heel champion for the women. We don't need another heel champion. Oh, okay. So that, that's my thing. I mean, that's not the only thing, but that's a it's part of it. Um, I just also don't think Jade is ready to be a champion yet, although they have built her up fairly well. So I'm gonna go Soho as the first ever uh, AEW TBS champion. So you think Soho will be the first one to defeat? Uh, Jay Cario and give her her first loss. I think so. And I think that okay. I think her first loss should come in the finals. I don't think, meh. I mean, I guess you could have Thunder Rosa beat her, but I think that'd be stupid. So okay. I'd rather, I, I would rather see her beat Thunder Rosa and like whatever match they're facing off in. Okay. Jade continues all the way till the end. And then, uh, yeah, Ruby Soho wins the whole thing. And then we saw, um, you know, John Moxley take on Dark Orders 10, aka Preston Vance, uh, as far as the, the world title eliminator tournament here. Didn't last too long. I mean, for you, just dude, it must have been awesome seeing Moxley, you know, with his with the the Wild Thing song and coming <laughs> right, through the crowd. Yeah, he was right underneath my section. Okay, so he comes Crazy. storming out. It just starts kicking the crap out of, of Ten, and you know, bites his, rips the mask, bites his forehead, throws him in the ring pose. Ten starts gushing blood, yeah, yeah. and Moxley kicks the crap out of him, gets the victory there. I mean, what do you think? I mean, obviously the match itself, and then Moxley. Even what was it uh, last time? Mike cuts the promo, and he's like, mentally, his state of mind is he wants to get back that world title. Yeah, the only thing just that for his daughter. Yeah, yeah, for his daughter, and like that's all he sees right now is that world title. That and his daughter getting home to her. That's all that matters. Everyone else, he's out for blood. So, like, yeah, what do you think of yeah the match itself, but also just Moxley's direction right now? It's interesting. Um, I don't think he's going to win the whole thing. I think I think it's going to be Danielson, but Moxley yeah. will make it to the finals. And I like mm-hmm. the subtle, you know, teases of a heel turn. I think that's where we got to go with this. I think he's better off as a heel. He's been here long enough. He's been here two and a half years as yeah. a baby face. Um, yeah, I would I would turn him heel. And I think the way he's going about it with the quick wins and the way he's dominating opponents and the more intensity is the right way to go. So I'm liking what they're doing with Moxley so far. This is the most interesting he's been since he lost the championship, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that and that's the thing too. I like how the little bit of, you know, long form story if it just by luck fell into this, but exactly, yeah. As far as ten, uh with ten, like he every time he faces Moxley, something bad happens. So remember he got hurt and had was it was the bicep the cast, yeah, or, or something like that, yeah. Yeah, and then he was out for a long time. 
And then now he got his head busted open. He got stitched up. So it's like 10. Every time he faces Moxie, he gets like a bad injury. So <laughs> I wonder in the ring with him again. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if down the road, he'll finally get a victory over Moxley at some point. Yeah, maybe down maybe the road. AEW doesn't forget about that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They'll connect the dots down the road. Yeah. Um, all right. So a segment that everyone was talking about. I'm trying to figure out still how to interpret this whole thing. Cody Rhodes comes out and man, like just to sum it up. I mean, he more or less says, you know, he's been wrestling all his life. Everyone's seen him since he was 20, you know, with no muscles, no knee pads. <laughs> he loves the fans. He hears everyone booing. He, but you know, he has a hot wife. He has a brother that's a great wrestler. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's almost as good as him. Even if he lived to be three hundred years old, he, you know, he feels he won't have the same impact, cultural impact that they had, like his dad did. You know, it, I enjoyed the promo, but at the end, he says he will not turn. Which for me, my reaction: Oh, he's going to turn at some point now. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, it's a lot to unpack in this promo. And he really is addressing, you know, the the obvious boos from being Malachi Black, Last Dynamite, and just the direction of his character and just people reacting to him, the fan base. I don't know <laughs> what is going on here with this promo. What do you think is going to be the story here for Cody Rhodes at some point? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm not really sure. This promo was all over the place. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. No one really knew how to react. It was just... He's got to turn heel, but he's literally out there saying, I will not turn, which I think is the absolute dumbest thing to incorporate like wrestling terminology into your promos on the show. I think that I just, I've always hated that. I think that's dumb. The fact that he's bringing up his family, like why no one asked about your family. I don't get it. He just did it for a cheap reaction. Yeah. It was just bringing up the pedigree and like, what are you talking about, dude? I like Cody a lot. I mean, we just got done talking about how how cool of a guy Cody is. But as far as his on-air character lately, it's just been all over the place. And I just think it's stupid. Like, just bite the bullet and turn heel. Either that or you got to go away for a little while, which I feel like he's gone away and come back so many yeah. times. People are starting to resent him. So it's just, it's just not working. Whatever he's going for, I feel like he... He has a lot of ideas, and a lot of them just unfortunately just don't work, like with the weigh-in segment a couple of months ago and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, I enjoy Cody a lot, but I feel like they give him a little too much creative freedom with some of this stuff, and it just backfires. So, um, do, you, do you think when he made the reference, you guys, he said the fans, you guys cheer? Um, I think he said the guy who had the money. I think he's referring to Tony Khan, you know, having the money. The yeah, but I held the bank. Yeah, but I hold the bank. So is he trying to say like, keep in mind, like I, I inter- maybe I'm reading too much into this, but like keep in mind, if it wasn't him. Going on the indie scenes, being friends, becoming friends with the elite, joining the Bullet Club, ultimately the, this forming this group, the mm-hmm. core that ultimately form AEW. Is that what he's referring to? Like, that's how know, I interpreted it. Yeah, a, like I I started AEW. Like, yeah, yeah. with me. So, um, and then you know he he took off his you know his Nike shoes and threw them in the crowd. And is that supposed to be a dig at the Young Bucks and their shoe game? Like. It's it's interesting, kind of like the little Easter eggs here. I think a lot of people were trying to analyze, and so I don't know. Like I know Cody Rhodes is a big like Star Wars, Star Trek fan. You know, he's a geek mm-hmm. himself. He loves all that pop culture stuff, which is awesome. You know, with Star Wars, I, I, was it Cody Rhodes who said he doesn't believe in baby faces and heels dynamic anymore? I, I, I'm t- I might it be was su- probably him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So I wonder, like, with Star Wars, um, you know, there's you know, Jedi's, there's Sith, there's the light side, the dark side. Um, it, and I'm not trying to act like I'm a big Star Wars expert, but I know, isn't there, like, a, a group of Jedi or people who are, like, in the middle? They're, like, gray as far as, oh, I'm totally 
my, my friends who are <laughs> who know this are going to kill me for not knowing. But there's like a group of people who are directly down the middle. They do tendencies of Jedi stuff, but then they also do dark side stuff. So I wonder if Cody is trying to be as like you know down the middle as yeah. best he can, and just that's like, why he comes out to the middle of the ramp, maybe. Yeah, and he and that's the other thing too. He comes with a big spectacle, so like he yeah, kind of brings on there. some of this, you know, this booing yeah. on himself. <laughs> he like he does. So I don't know. Like I'm trying to really interpret where we're going here with this. Is this going to be really a slow burn? That he's going to eventually turn heel. Yeah. I, I but you know, it's like maybe just do it already. Like he, it's all there. But um, even Malachi Black, he cut the promo. Um, Earlier in the night, said you know it's not about wins and lot or pinfalls. It's like more than that. Do you think Malachi Black was trying to like, like he he's gonna win the war still, of like poisoning? Yeah, you know Cody's Maybe. reputation. I don't know. It's I'm I'm intrigued. We'll see where it goes. I don't exactly. know. We don't know where it's gonna go. So we'll see. Exactly. So uh, in the main event, we saw the Dark Order take on the Elite, pretty much in <laughs> Halloween costumes. The Elite come out in Ghostbusters. Growing up, I loved the Ghostbusters, so I totally popped for that. And they had their own custom Elite Ghostbuster theme song. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Dark Order were dressed up as well in costumes. Um, now the match, you know, it was fun to watch. Very mm-hmm. indie inspired. Oh, very indie inspired. Yeah. Um. But looking online, this match was very polarizing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, <laughs> like, you know, we've seen, like, WWE do a lot of, like, Halloween or, you know, whatever holiday theme mm-hmm. matches. But usually those are reserved for maybe more more comedic actors or the mid-card. You know, people, you know, it's early in the show or midway through the show. AEW did, did this in their main event involving, like, their top faction and... Ultimately, you know, uh, uh, Dark Order pulls off the victory, and then we see you know Hangman Adam Page is revealed under the State Puff Marshmallow Man, and he attacks the Elite and gets one on on Kenny, and they are mm-hmm. going to have their match at Full Gear for the championship. So a lot of people are, you know, maybe some of the old school people are a little frustrated that it's like you have your main event, your world title contenders in this goofy Halloween match. Is that the right way to really build uh, build up? heat for their championship match i don't know like kind of what you're thinking mm-hmm. of the, how this main event played out here yeah no absolutely i do gotta get going in a minute so this okay. I'll, I'll say this before okay. we get going because i do want to talk about this um i just didn't i didn't i don't know there was i, I love that you mentioned that because i'm the same way there were a lot of people that were saying oh if you didn't enjoy the main event you're not a wrestling fan first of all i don't know what the hell you're talking about because <laughs> listen i thought the match was fine mm-hmm. i thought it was decent but the thing is, is that I complete. I'm glad you said that, Huey, because I'm of the exact same mindset mm-hmm. that I think it's the wrong time to be doing something like this with the people involved. Okay, if it was cool. like a mid card thing, yeah. I think that's cool. But the thing is, we got Paige and Omega in two weeks. Why are you focusing on the comedy crap before we get to yep. that match? That's mm-hmm. what I don't understand. Yep. You know, I don't get that at all. And I love the Ghostbusters. Don't get me wrong. Pop yeah. for that. I love one of my favorite movies of all time. That Back yeah. to the Future. Love it. <laughs> all right. But I thought the fact they did it with those guys and the referee was down for most of the match. Yeah. Thought it was dumb. So, Very- again, I'm a hot, hot take. If I get a lot of hate for this, it's, you know, what it is what it is. You're the first person that's getting my opinion on this. So I'm telling you right now, Huey, I don't want the the, the, the people with the pitchforks showing up my house tomorrow. 
But like, I just, I don't know. I didn't like the comedy stuff. I thought it was the wrong time for a person. Okay, cool. All right. And then uh, last thing we'll talk about, just jump ahead to AEW Rampage. Sure. Probably match of the week was Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston, maybe, or one. Amazing. Yeah. What are your thoughts watching that in person? Did you hear all the slaps from your seats like that loud? I did, yeah. It wasn't that far. I wasn't sitting too, too far. I wasn't front row or anything, but you know, it was a great match. Fantastic. And I watched it back. I wasn't planning on watching Dynamite or Rampage, but I miss Baker and Abaddon, so I had to go back and watch Uh, that. Okay. I watched Danielson in uh, Kingston and I was like, hopefully it comes off as well on TV as it did in person. Mm-hmm. And it definitely did. Yeah. Fantastic match. Brian has been killing it since coming to AEW and Kingston was awesome as well. And, and that's the thing is like Brian Danielson in his run so far with AEW. I love, you know, he's not going so much for like the underdog style that he was known for in WWE. He yeah, is like yeah, yeah. a killer and he's attacking. And he likes the slapping. We were joking before we recorded that. I guess every match he wants a red, his chest all red afterwards, all the slaps. So it was just amazing to watch. So much fun. And like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Wrestler of the year, totally in my book already. So no, (laughs) I mean, a lot of stuff with AEW that I really did enjoy. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so geared up for a full gear. No pun intended for coming up in the coming weeks, but dude, I'm looking forward to, but dude, Graham, listen, thank you so much for uh, making the time today. And so yeah, please let all the clicksters know where they can uh, follow you and, uh, and enjoy all your content as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks a lot. And I got to thank you first and foremost for having me on. I'm glad we were able to make this work. Um, like you said, we met back at SummerSlam. I look forward to seeing you at the next time. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, whether it be the Rumble or Mania or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you said at the beginning here, um, kind of everything you just said, WrestleRant is the main thing. So I'm on Twitter all the time at WrestleRant. People can find me there. Facebook, same thing. YouTube, uh, the Brock Lesnar video ain't there anymore, but you can still subscribe for plenty more interviews and content um, over at Graham Juice and Matthews WrestleRant. Dude, you are like the king. Uh, like I see all your tweets of like you review, watch and review everything, <laughs> which is amazing to my, to my detriment. So <laughs> I mean, I applaud that. Like that is Thanks, like man. something I inspire or wanted to do. But Thanks, man. you know, I do my best to you know, like I try to do a couple episodes a week, one AEW yeah. focus, one WWE focus. Sure, so sure. It, it's a lot. No, but like I said, thank you for making the time. We got to do this again, maybe on a more regular basis. I love just you know your takes from your your, your shows and just what you put on Twitter. Thanks, your, man. I appreciate so no, it. I just, you know, props for, for the hustle, man. I do respect all the hard work. So it does not go unnoticed. So, oh, uh, thanks to you. I appreciate it, man. It's so great getting to, you know, talk to you and meet you and getting to know you over Twitter. It's only been two months and I feel like we've been friends for a year now. So I know I, I appreciate it. I, Back to Future is my favorite movie of all time as well. And oh, there we go. <laughs> I got to show I, I know I liked it for a reason. I got to send you a photo. I, I know you got to go, but like, uh, Huey Lewis came into the studio once and I brought my Back to the Future DVD. He signed it from one Huey to another. So that I like, is amazing. Bam. I love this. I, I, That's uh, incredible. Yeah, I'll just send you a photo. Send me that pic, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter, Instagram at Baby Huey83, at In the Click on social media as well. Subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you get your audio at, including YouTube. Click that like button, hit the leave a comment, subscribe, share the podcast, leave a rating, all that stuff to help the algorithm out. In the click at gmail.com. And on that note, let's go home. And that's the bottom line because Huey said so.